The year is 1997. There are new releases by Frankenstein's Jukebox alumni, Blink-182, The Mountain Goats, Morrissey, RX Bandits, and Modest Mouse. Despite James's memory of this being a magical and nostalgic time, it was full of the same kind of horrifying news items that we still see today. On the upside, the New York Times had their first front page with color photos on it. Also, there were some good movies out, like Men in Black, The Fifth Element, and Austin Powers' International Man of Mystery, so that's good. Can these intrepid and admittedly shagadelic and bespectacled music lovers flashy thing themselves into creating a multi-pass in the form of a futuristic 90s version song promise? Yeah, baby! This is Frankenstein's Jukebox. Welcome to Frankenstein's Jukebox. I am James, and I am one of the hosts of this show, and I am sitting here staring deeply into the uh, the deep, deep pools of water next to Daniel. Oh no, Daniel, your room. Oh no, it's oh, no. Oh, no. oh no, oh no. <laughs> Daniel picked Aqua this year, and... Um, <laughs> No. Hello, everybody. It's Daniel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The joke's over, everyone. Daniel, how are you doing? I'm, I'm fantastic. How are you? Uh, both focused and coherent. Great. Good things to be when recording a podcast. For sure. Hey, Daniel. Hey, there's James. someone else here. Oh, my God. There is. We do have someone else here. Hey, everybody. Uh, it's... Oh! That was that was the voice of Jake, just Jake, and that's it. Daniel's brother-in-law, and that's the only thing. That's... Welcome, Jake. Hello, I'm so jazzed to be here. <laughs> I have no thoughts on jazz, so shall we? I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> hey, listener, you ever record something and then record something again, and then you you get to make meta jokes that only the people that you're recording with get? No. <laughs> sucks then you right. clearly don't podcast because yeah, yeah, if you've exactly. ever podcasted you do that exactly exactly um well jake i almost just asked you about your history with the mcu that's not this podcast let's talk about 1997 i'm i want to talk about 1997 i want to talk about it now okay let's do it jake what was 1997 like for you you know, uh, when y'all asked me to jump on this podcast for this episode for 1997, I uh, was like, what was I doing in 1997? Uh, and right. then I started listening to some playlists of popular music from 1997, and I was like, oh, wait a minute, I know exactly what I was doing in 1997. <laughs> so thank y'all for helping me sort of like rediscover what my 1997 energy was. Yeah, um, I was in 
fourth grade and fifth grade. So I was like just starting up fifth grade. Uh, I seem to recall that a lot of the songs that I listened to in preparation for this were like me getting really excited about taking a field trip to Washington, D.C., which was like overnight field trip. And like I think I got my first crush on somebody around this time. Uh, so, so yeah, I would say wildly confusing for the politics and the new romance was kind of where I was at in 1997. (laughs) Was there a crush, was there a particular song that the crush was themed to? Like, did you, did, did, like, oh, this song always makes me think of that crush? No is a perfectly acceptable answer. I don't have an answer to that. because, like, this was the point, like, that is kind of more, like... If you got like 98, 99, oh yeah, that was absolutely it. But I was sort of only just coming into the realization that I didn't have to listen to like the Jimmy (laughs) Buffett and folk music that my parents listened to. So like, yeah, I I kind of, all of these things were brand new all at the same time and they didn't combine in quite that way. Interesting. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Well, Daniel... What was your 1997 like? So, do you remember everything I said last episode about what my 1998 was like? Clearly not. Okay. Well, if you did, <laughs> uh, then you would you could go back and listen to that, and that's mm. what my actual 1997 was like because I got my years conflated. Right. 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 So I thought you were saying that you said last time I don't remember, and you're like this time I don't remember either. But I forgot that you. Uh, yes. No, I remember. I just mixed it up. So uh, <laughs> I was in third grade, going into fourth grade. Uh, in 97, I had been diagnosed with ADD. I played a bunch of computer games in fourth grade because I was in the technology classroom. That's where I got into Zoom beanies. That's where I got into some sort of like weird racing game. Uh, it was like a computer game where you were racing in cars and you were a bunch of different animals and there was like fire slugs or something on the track at different times. I don't remember exactly, but... Uh, I was was, about to say that was Diddy Kong racing, but then no. It wasn't that, no, because it was on the computator. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, It was wild. Uh, And, of course, all the different, like, learning computer games. Sure. I first started getting into hockey back then. Because mm-hmm. uh, I was in uh, the accelerated group for for my for my class, and uh, so I had to like put a project together, and mm. I was like, I'm gonna do my project on hockey because I have this Canadian friend who's big into hockey, and I want to understand it. Okay, and there are rumblings that like the at that point the the Carolina Hurricanes had like. The Carolina Hurricanes moved to North Carolina in 1997. Yeah, uh, I saw there were a couple of uh, new franchises that I didn't click on the link for because I thought you might bring up the... Uh, yes, indeed. Yeah. Uh, and so we we joined... We moved from Hartford to North Carolina. Mm-hmm. It's a whale of a move. <laughs> a whale of a move. Very clever. Thank uh, you. The people in Connecticut still wail about it to this day, I believe. (laughs) They do indeed. Connecticut still whines about it a whole lot. But uh, so I started really getting into hockey and and enjoying that and had well and good had my first crush at this point Mm. um, for for a good while, but also 
had my first quote unquote girlfriend. Oh, okay. Where we were just like, hey, we're like a thing now. And that was largely predicated on us making each other laugh, which was mostly just playing a game where the game was to make other people laugh. And we each wanted a turn, so we would laugh so that it was then our turn to try and make other people laugh. Daniel, are you are you still playing this game? Always. The, always yeah. and constantly. Okay. <laughs> if If I can't make anybody like if i can't make other people laugh i have no definition to my life <laughs> jake knows this to be painfully true oh yes this is why we get along so swimming <laughs> jake and i actually met at a let's make people laugh uh thing that we were doing it was also hockey themed <laughs> for the carolina hurricanes uh the the improv group that we both were with uh was filming for the carolina hurricanes and uh that is where we met at uh filming for this for the carolina hurricanes for a bunch of in-studio bits or in-game in arena bits that they never wound up using i mean they used bits and pieces but they never used jake jake's and my bit which was good because it was quite homophobic yes it was a homophobic sketch in which two fans of the opposing team were on the kiss cam and started making out uh i'm glad they did not use this but also it means that my first introduction to uh my future sibling-in-law was the two of us like making out and then shaking hands and being like hello i'm jake hello i'm daniel (laughs) which was was very funny Mm -hmm. It would de- it would define our friendship. <laughs> oh yes, uh, and then years later, when I started dating their sister, I was like, "Please let making out with you not be like making out with Dan." <laughs> and uh, it was not, it was which is not. nothing. You're oh a good, good, okay, good, good. You're good. a good kisser. There's just a little too much facial hair for my uh, mm. for my use. <laughs> so many things are just the, what a rich uh, 1997 and and friendship you guys have had together. Right? What was your 1997 like? Well, it was very So, here's the thing about 1997. When I'm trying to remember what grade I was in in a given year, I know that I graduated from 8th grade in 1997 because uh we had a picnic out at on the the lawn of the of the middle school. Uh, and someone had a radio, and uh, Foo Fighters Monkey Ranch was playing, and I was like, "Ooh, what's that?" So I know that, that was ni- I know that Color in the Shape came out in 1997. Eighth grade was 1997. All of that music is memories and stuff. Uh, yeah, so it was the end of eighth grade into ninth grade. It was a, a kind of a a big fun year. Uh, you know, a good time in my life. Uh, music was good. I was sort of a year or two. I was sort of in a place where I was. It's so weird that we go backwards because you're going to see me talk about how I was developing this. But I was, 1997 is probably the first year when I was like, I have a handle on what the music situation is in my, like, I like, I know what radio station I listen to. I'm anticipating albums coming out. I'm getting them. I'm listening, whatever. So, um, yeah, uh, 1997, a great year um, and a, sort of a milestone year that is literally a touchstone for all of my year math around the uh, 1990s so yeah good times well for for kids in schools um it was good times yes yeah some schools anyways we don't need to talk about that again so um (laughs) let's let's get into uh some 
Uh, Jake, did you did you pick some honorable monsters? I did, but I didn't share them with y'all. Sorry for the that is fine. You're going to do that now. We don't normally do that, so yeah, we're going to do that now. Um, let's get into some honorable monsters. It's not that they weren't good enough. It's not that they weren't up to snuff. It's just that we didn't pick them. Jake. Yes. I would I would love to hear the songs that you didn't pick for 1997. All right. So uh, kind of my energy when I was like putting together and kind of revisiting 1997 was if a song put me back there, it yes. was on the list in some way, right? You've, You've done it. Uh, yes. So my first, uh, which is not quite ska energy... I was really hoping to bring some ska energy, and there is plenty of ska energy to be had. But um, my first honorable monster is Zoot Suit Riot by the Cherry Pop and Daddies. Yes. Very, A very, very solid good. pick. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, I was grappling with the fact that I was like on the precipice of becoming a band kid, and I was like, uh-huh. what am I going to do? And I heard that song, and I was like, brass instruments is what I am going to do. <laughs> and I eventually started playing the trombone. But uh, that song just is an absolute, like, just swinging good time, and Absolutely. it's real catchy, and the... When you're in fifth grade, you have no concept of what cherry pop and daddies means. Correct. Yeah. So you're yeah. just visualizing a bunch of guys sitting around wailing on some brass instruments and just eating cherries as fast yeah. as they possibly can. And then uh, many years later, when you realize what they mean by that, you fall out of your chair. Right. Um, so Eat yeah. pop and daddy. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that was one that I could have picked it. I almost picked so it, but good. I didn't pick it's it. It's such a good song. Ugh. Yeah. Um, so another one that kind of took me back to that time was 3AM by Matchbox 20. Um, oh. It is possible that I am wrong on the year for that one. So if nope, I... that's correct. Okay, 90, cool. Uh, the album was 96. I think the song was 97. You're, you're good. That, that totally counts. Cool. Um, this is a song that I still love to this day. Um, uh, it was one of the first songs that like I play the ukulele and I like learned how to play it just because it's so soulful. Like there's a lot of heart mm-hmm. and soul behind it, especially like when you read what the song was about, right? Yeah. Um, and it just it really stands the test of time for me in a way that not a lot of the songs. <laughs> from 1997 maybe do um but uh it it just didn't quite it was a little too 97 was not a soulful year for me so i just couldn't Mm. go with it so even though it's a fantastic song and probably one of the ones that i would still listen to that was one of the first songs uh in my selected genre of alternative music uh that at the time i've recanted this at the time, I was like, if I have to hear 3 a.m. one more time, I'm going to throw this radio out the window. I then did hear Aqua's Barbie Girl, and I was like, maybe 3 a.m. isn't so bad. But um, <laughs> Jake, I want I want to I want to take a quick poll in the middle of your segment uh, submission here. Uh, since we're talking about Matchbox 20, I have this opinion that yourself or someone like you, the first half of it is perfect, and the second half of it. Uh, it basically doesn't exist. Thoughts, feelings. Oh, I hundred percent agree. I couldn't. Great. I couldn't tell you any of the latter songs off of the album. Great. Continue. <laughs> uh, okay. I uh, like this guy. 
So in the uh, in the vein of songs that at the time we told ourselves that if we had to hear it one more time, we were going to throw the radio out the window, which I think was just mm-hmm. us being beholden to like radio stations, which I'm grateful right. that we are no longer that way. Um, yeah. Especially from what I hear about what the radio industry was like in the 1990s. Uh, yeah. So I'm going to go with Mbop by Hanson. I'm so glad we have you on this show. Please tell us about one of my favorite songs of the year, Mbop. Go okay, yeah. So at the time, I, because of like internalized homophobia, perhaps, would not let myself love Mbop by Hanson. It was just like, oh, come on, that's just not. But like deep down inside, in my core, I couldn't admit it to myself, but I loved it so much. And it would come yes. on, and my heart would leap, and then I would outwardly mm-hmm. go, gross i hate this and like i did that with my music taste for so many years where it was like just let yourself love pop music just let yourself do it and now i'm like unabashedly a k-pop fan because i have just let myself have pop music i've let myself have music that is just feel good bops feel good mm bops i was gonna say the let yourself love pop revelation is one that everybody needs to have Yes. Right. Every music snob needs to have a let yourself love pop moment where they realize that no, actually pop music's fun. And yeah. it's it's not it it's good. It's good and it's fun and just let yourself have that fun. Yeah. Uh because I had that revelation not too long ago and it was life changing. Yeah. There is a place for every kind of music in a life. There is a, every single kind of music. There is a time and a place for it. And Except like, for I, pop country. No, I'm kidding. I mean, <laughs> a, the garbage is a place, Daniel. The garbage is a place. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I could be snobby and be like, you know, what was with the 90s and us not like trying to pass off la la's, na na's, and do do's as legit lyrics. But like, I'm too busy jamming. I'm too busy having fun. Fun to be snobby like that. I Absolutely. <laughs> I own the Mbopka single and I eagerly anticipated getting Middle of Nowhere for my birthday. And then I got the Christmas album Snowed In for a pre Christmas gift. I definitely had it at Christmas that year. I was all about Hanson. Both stellar albums I will stand by to Correct. this day. For sure. Hanson's cover of uh, That's What Christmas Means to Me is like oh. one of the absolute top Christmas songs of all time. It's, yeah. it's the best version of that song without question. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. My older sister, uh, like I always think of her when I, I think of Middle of Nowhere. Um, yes. My older sister, to whom, Jake, you are married... Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, what? This is news to me, <laughs> right? Uh, particularly the song, and now uh, the man from Milwaukee. I think was her favorite song off that album. Uh, and uh, I just like it, it's just a very, very her song to me, and it's a very her album. Yeah, and so the fact that you picked a song off of it is no surprise to me, and <laughs> fills me with delight. Ugh. <laughs> Um, I do have so one good. more. I don't know how many is yes. the custom for Honorable Monster. The one, you have one more. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Exactly correct. Um, so just to kind of reestablish a little bit of like, I do listen to like the music that cool people listen to, too. Um, I'm going to go with the 
Uh, the beginning is the end is the beginning by the Smashing Pumpkins, which was off of the Batman Forever soundtrack. Batman, Batman and Robin. And Robin. Batman and Robin. Thank yeah. you. I had the wrong nipple Batman movie, but it was one of the two. Um. Okay. All right. Hold on. We have Jake. I am so sorry to interrupt. Absolutely every single thing you are bringing every kind of energy I want. So the be- the beginning is the end is the beginning is the slow one at the end of the album. Yes, I discovered it only many years later because it was in the trailer for Watchmen, and it was the most beautiful trailer I have ever seen. But that Absolutely. song is just the pinnacle of really epic song. Like it's just so epic. When I'm writing D and D stuff and I'm trying to like visualize the heroes being all cool, that is one that I throw on. And the fact that it Absolutely. came out of a Batman movie soundtrack. Uh, Batman and Robin, one of the best soundtracks of the nineties. Oh yeah. Um, so it uh, it had and and it was in a time when soundtracks they were like, I don't know, let's hit as many markets as we freaking can. Do you want um, uh, Jewel and the Goo Goo Dolls and REM and Bone Thugs and Harmony and Smashing Pumpkins? You do great. Buy this soundtrack. And I wish some. I was thinking the other day how I wish that we could get back to a place where people were just like. Hey, heard of this, you know, Boy Genius is on the new Scream soundtrack. Scream 2 is also one of the best uh, soundtracks of all time. Uh, Just like, oh, a new unreleased song from Billie Eilish is on this soundtrack. We could get back there if they would just put me in charge of uh, whatever company that is. My vote. You vote for company (laughs) leadership, right? Yep. Yeah, I think so. Pretty much. It's a meritocracy, but also a vote uh, based on uh, uh, campaigning and stuff. Also, Excellent. let's not talk about Boy Genius too much. I don't want to spoil my 2023 pick. for. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, just real quick, just a quick little tease. If you pick a Boy Genius song and I pick one of the songs that's on my uh, maybe pick lists... It'll be the most eclectic thing we've ever done in our entire life. I am fascinated because right now, (laughs) that is legit the leader for me is a Boy Genius song. But there's plenty of 2023 left, so... Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Jake, that was an excellent Honorable Monsters list, and I just want to commend you on it. You knocked it out of the park. Thank you so much. Daniel? James? I'd like to put you in direct competition with Jake. Go ahead. All right, well, I will not... um, (laughs) be as good but let's give it a whirl so as as we're getting further and further into like the deep nostalgia music times for me yes which i feel like i keep saying every flipping episode yeah it's it's harder for me to pick just five but i did narrow it down here so some of these were songs that i loved at the time some of them were ones i discovered later on um so first off Airport song by Guster off the album Goldfly. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a great, like, kind of darkish feel to it. Yeah. Uh, good minor chords, uh, weird ping pong sound end to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, just absolutely love it. When I saw Guster for the first time that I saw Guster live, uh, as they're the band I've seen second most live at this point uh mountain goats no mountain goats is third they might be giants for sure uh actually mountain goats i don't think even fits as third i think bare naked ladies is probably your third bare naked ladies has got to be third 
Bare Naked Ladies is third. I was going to say, I have gone to several Bare Naked Ladies shows with you. This so. is very true. Thank you, End uh, of the World Tours. How many um, times have you seen Guster now? Four? Uh, one, two, three, four, five. Five or six. Nice. But anyway, the um, first time you saw them live. But uh, I was uh, I was not expecting everyone to throw ping pong balls at the band at the end of this song, uh, and they did, and it was hilarious. I'm going I'm going alphabetical with my uh, with my picks here. Next up, uh, off of the album, everybody's favorite Chumbawamba album, Tub Thumper. Uh, I'm going with the song Amnesia. I forgot about that one. Uh, <laughs> clever. No. Uh, um, that'll get cut. Okay, fair. Uh, <laughs> but Amnesia is has got a really good beat to it, uh, and is a lot more driving, I would say, than uh, the other songs on that album. Uh, all of the songs in the album are kind of repetitive, mm. but Amnesia is repetitive in a way that I think fits the the feel of the song because it's about having memory loss and having to repeat things uh and it's great uh, next up off of uh fush you mang by smash mouth mm, i okay. went with let's rock okay because if you want to talk i mean the energy that hits with the let's rock piece of it is just so good and i mean the entire album of fush you mang is an absolute banger no skips. And I know I'm not the only one here, but I am an unapologetic Smash Mouth fan. Uh, I love so much of their stuff. And uh, Let's Rock is my, maybe not my favorite song off of Fushu Mang, but one of the best off that album. Love that. For my fourth one, we're going to bring in some ska. Finally. Oh, okay. Finally. <laughs> All right, hold on, hold on. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. I'm placing okay, a, a ten dollar bet in my head, not just a guess. I want to hear your guesses. Bet. Here okay. we go. I want to write it down. I want to write it down. Okay. Sorry, this is. I gotta make it legit. I am gonna write it down too. This is great. I'm. Feel, I feel. You could juke on me on this one. You could okay. juke and like get out of the way because I. But. I have a. I have a guess. All right. I got my guess right down here. All right. All right, your guesses are your guesses are written down. Let's see what they are. At this point, I can't change what it is because I'm going alphabetically. So, mm-hmm. Jake, please you first. I have the impression that I get. I have the impression that I get. <laughs> <laughs> stellar, stellar choices. Unfortunately, it's real big fish. Incorrect. Yeah. It is super rad by the Aquabats. Oh. Off of the Aquabats. Fury of the Aquabats. Good pick. If it uh, was your imp- father, it would be the impression that I get. <laughs> yes, that is correct. Uh, uh, no, that was a 97 song. Okay, yeah. I almost I wasn't sure it. if that came it out in 97 or 96. It, yeah. it was an honorable, honorable monster for me. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Uh, the entire album of the, uh, of the Fury of the Aquabats, again, no skips. It's just a great ska album, and everyone is so good, but Super Rad just has some good, like, 
heartfelt feels to it mm-hmm. that I couldn't not go with Super Red. Great, great, great pick, great album, great band. Yes. Uh, and my last one is uh, the most recent discovery for me of all of these. Okay. Uh, one that I know I have shared with James, though I think it might have been one of the one songs from this band he was already aware of by the time that I made him a playlist specifically of this band. Uh, it's, so it's the Dismemberment Plan. It is the Ice of Boston <laughs> by the Dismemberment Plan. Ah, uh, that song, the, the, the one, the song that it's like, I know this song, and then I've also heard other Dismemberment so- Plan songs. Yes. Uh, yeah. The Ice of Boston is a great, like, stream of consciousness person having an absolute breakdown on New Year's Eve. Yeah. Uh, very similar to... Um, Albuquerque by Weirdo Yankovic. You know, I, that's not the one, that's not quite the one I was thinking. <laughs> The the one I'm thinking of is uh, New Year's Eve was as boring as heaven by the Alkaline Trio. What's that? Oh, uh, that's a Private Eye, isn't Private it? Private Eye. Yes, thank you. The, so, your, your your 1999 yes. or your 2001 pick. Yeah, <laughs> my 2001 pick. Uh, also, Amnesia is a song that they enjoy. Oh. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> what? But yeah, so uh, I I have a that song um, is about. Uh, being in Boston and calling your mom in DC, and uh, at the time when I was listening to it, uh, my dad lived in Boston and my parents lived in where you know Northern Virginia in a DC suburb, so it felt very and my, it was like specifically my mom. So like I'll find mom house Washington. I'm always like yeah mom yeah how's Washington and then that. you know other champagne related things less relatable but still very enjoyable. Uh, so those are my honorable monsters. Hey, James. Oh yeah, me this guy. Yeah, yeah, that what, James what's up? of the of the Jameses that are in this uh, podcast recording. Oh, I'm talking yeah. to James. You, James. James, me, James. Yes, love it. Okay. What were your honorable monsters? I'm gonna jump around a little bit. Um, House of uh, Pain my... released that song way earlier than '97. It was 1992, if I'm not mistaken. Um. I picked uh, one of my honorable monsters was the Aquabats with the cat with two heads. Oh, such a good one. It was this close. The aspects that I had pulled from it would have made the most bonkers song <laughs> imaginable. I can imagine so, because the cat with two heads is already a pretty bonkers song. Yeah. And then you pull little parts of it out to do more mad scientist work on it. Yeah, it would have been wild. Um, then going to the, uh, soundtrack area that we were, uh, that we were talking about, uh, I have The Perfect Drug by Nine Inch Nails from the Lost Highway soundtrack. Um, I by Smashing Pumpkins is also on that soundtrack, which is a great Smashing Pumpkins song. Um, Perfect Drug, uh, apparently Trent, Rez- Trent Reznor, uh, hates it now, but I think it's a pretty great song. So I think Trent Reznor is wrong on this one. Uh, I think I know Nine Inch Nails just a little bit better than Trent Reznor, so... I think that's a fair assertion. <laughs> uh, next I have Elliot Smith uh, with Between the Bars. Um, either oh. or is, uh, I believe the kids say, uh, No Skip album. Um, it is a late night album. You should listen to it uh, at 2 a.m. or uh, 2.45 in the morning if, you are a real, if you're a real one. And it should be raining and it should be cold outside. Um, 
And uh, so that was that. Uh, Blink-182, Pathetic, uh, from Dude Ranch. Uh, Fabulous. It's, yeah, it's, again, that was sort of a, there was a little bit, a couple of aspects where I was like, ooh, I could pick that, and I could pick that, and I could pick that. Um, spoilers for my future picks. Uh, turns out 2019 is going to be my only uh, Blink-182 pick. So that was surprising to a, to to me, in, at the very least. Surprising to everybody. Yeah, which means, and even Colin didn't bring uh, Blink-182 picks, so that means that 2019 is the only, unless Daniel has picked a song off Cheshire Cat in 1995, which is unlikely. <laughs> I haven't. Un- Spoiler, yeah. I haven't. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's interesting. Uh, then, uh, finally, and this was the song that was my 1997 song for uh, most of 2022, it's Puff Daddy with Victory. And I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna talk a little bit about it, it has uh, a sample from the Rocky soundtrack, like a Bill Conti horn sample. Uh, the video was incredibly good. It has uh, Puff Daddy, but we won't hold it against uh, that. But it also has Notorious B.I.G. and Busta Rhymes on it, um, and it's a really really great song. And, and like that and Mo Money Mo Problems are the uh, my two favorite things that Puff Daddy gets. Um, uh, some airtime where he's not being like yeah on the on the track um i ultimately decided to pick something else because i didn't want to have to uh sort of say i like this song it's really good uh but then it also has uh, a homophobic slur in it that i didn't care to sort of have as my official pick it really it sucks for any number of reasons and then another thing that sucks is that the clean version isn't nearly as good as the not clean version, and that is sort of a a bummer as well. So uh, those are my honorable mon- mon- those are my honorable monsters. I almost called them honorable mentions, which is not e- anything. Not That's show. nothing at all. No, not at all. Um, so that uh, is a group of fifteen songs from nineteen ninety seven that I would put on any mixtape. Fantastic. Absolutely. All. Right. Well, are we ready to get into our uh, dishonorable monsters, aka the pick, the picks that we made? I believe no. so. No, we don't call them dishonorable monsters. It, that was just a thing I was trying. Jake. Yeah. Yeah. What did What did you bring and tell us about the song? Okay. Uh, well, you're not far off with dishonorable monster because <laughs> this song, uh, I like it, and uh, but it it is definitely sort of a polarizing sort of a song. I feel like um, hmm. we will see what the two of you think about that. But uh, it is "Walking on the Sun" by Smash Mouth off the album Fushu Mang. A uh, Stone Cold classic, and I'll. Um... I'll have words with people that, that, that disagree. I mean, people are entitled to their opinion, but uh, yeah, this, yeah. Defend great song. it till the day I die. Okay, cool. It's nice to know <laughs> I'm in good company then, and I'm not going to yeah. have to, because I'm like, I'm, I feel like I'm going to have to be, I'm staking out a position that I'm going to have to be arguing that Ed Hardy was cool at one point, and Ed Hardy was cool at one point. At one right? point. So, you know, that's that's kind of who drank Ed Hardy premium beer at some point in their life. There's one hand raised and it's not Was me. it mostly for a joke? Yes. Yes it was, but I did it. Yeah. Sometimes I'm really happy to be straight edge. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so yeah, you know, it's uh, much like Ed Hardy, I would say, maybe, like, the people who don't like it were overexposed. It got oversaturated a little bit, perhaps, but, um... Yeah, I just really like it. It's um I had alluded to this at the top of the uh show but like I picked songs that took me back there and this was the one that like you play that opening bit and you get just those opening chords and those little castanets going mm-hmm. and I am back in 5th grade sitting yeah. in my classroom. It's the end of the year. We're having our end of the year party and my friend Anthony whips out that album with like the cool like my brain remembers it. it was like these cool guys in a cool car flying through space and then when you're mm-hmm. in and like then you look at it, it's just a car flying through space there were no cool right. guys you know right it's gal- you your know, brain it's, puts in the cool guys yeah uh, right you, you really got to pay attention to the cool guys that aren't there yeah that's true um it's it's more about the cool guys that you don't play uh, right. but, uh <laughs> um but yeah, that yeah. beginning to that song is the sound of nostalgia, and uh, that's yes. that's a fact. That that boom, 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 that's that's nostalgia. Yeah. that is what nostalgia sounds like. Yeah, so, it takes yeah, you right back absolutely. there. And then two, um, I was kind of just discovering that I could develop my own taste in music at this time, mm-hmm. and my right. parents very much were. Uh, they still are. Um, they their tastes in music have not changed, uh, but uh, very much like James Taylor, Jimmy Buffett eagles mm-hmm. kind of people people named so, james yeah, yeah a lot of that's why my name is james, uh is a joke but um yeah no so like a lot of kind of very um like soft rock folk music mm. and like beach leaning rock. toward country beach rock yeah beach country yeah. kinds of stuff and uh you know here in smash mouth i'm like oh man this is like this is the devil's music. This is evil. I'm into. Am I evil? Is this my? Is this my? Am I scoping out this lane for myself? And yes, I am no, evil. I would say and I am scoping out this lane for myself. J- Jimmy Buffett's position on "It Ain't No Joke." I'd like to buy the world a toke. I feel like would be pro. I can't oh, yeah. imagine Jimmy Buffett being like, mm, mm, no, "Not no. that rock and roll." Jimmy so, Buffett think- has his own, like. Jimmy Buffett sells like vapes. And like these days, like he he is very very into the that. B in CBD stands for Buffett. <laughs> <laughs> if you'd told me in 1997 that Smash Mouth had made up the word toke, I would have believed you because it was literally the only place that I ever heard that word uh, for a long time. I was confident they were saying they wanted to buy the world a token. A token, for sure. There were so many words that when I was, like, researching this song, uh, when I picked it, I'm like, oh, is that what they were talking? Because, like, there's to this, like, sort of edgy quality. Like, I was trying to read into the song more edginess than was actually there. Mm -hmm. Um, And the the edginess that is there just went completely (laughs) Head. Right, but like the, the the line at the end of the song where he's talking about uh, put away the crack before the crack puts you away. You need to be there when your baby's old enough to relate. Is the actual oh, line? I always thought it was be laid. That is like, exactly what I thought yeah. it was too, because I understood that as a fifth grader, but I didn't understand relating to things as a fifth yep. grader. It's like an edgy way of being like you need to walk your kid down the aisle. Like you need to be there when they're old enough to be having sex, and I don't know why that's yeah. uh, your yeah. role as a parent, but like you it know, just fit schools. with the vibe. It's cool cars in space. It's get laid, yeah, bro. Fushu Mang, you know, like 
But yeah, my parents yeah. corrected my understanding of those lyrics pretty quick when they heard me <laughs> singing the wrong thing. They're like, no, 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 they're saying relate. I'm like, I don't understand that. They're like, let me explain it to you yeah. <laughs> so that you don't sing Be Laid. Yeah. And that's what you get for having a good relationship with your parents and singing music in front of them. That's right. Listen, my parents love this song as much as I do. As much? Probably. More? No, I doubt more. Okay. All right. But yeah, just it had this edge to it that, like, as someone who is just discovering like rebelliousness, it was Mm -hmm. a good it was a good kiddie pool of rebelliousness. Is another for sure. Uh, So kiddie pool of of rebelliousness. That's a good. My favorite album by Smashing Pumpkins. So that's my pick and why. (laughs) That's a very good pick and a very good why, and uh, everything else in that uh, that Daniel said is going to get cut. So Daniel did. <laughs> no, I adore you. That's a Smashing Pumpkins album, motherfucker. Um, so, do you? Uh, let's hear about your pick. I, Jake, Were you about fun, to ask fun... me if I had a pick? Listen, I'm going to tell Jake a story. So just hold on. <laughs> when we first started this show, I kept every episode saying, "Daniel, did you bring a pick?" And they were like, "Yeah, dude. That's what this show is." <laughs> if I didn't. We wouldn't have a show, so stop asking. And then I was, and then my brain was like, "No." So, anyways, Daniel, what pick did you bring, and why did you pick it? Great question. So, uh, when uh, right around this time, I found myself in uh, Chapel Hill, North Carolina, a whole bunch because good my town, town. Uh, parents were performing improv comedy out there. There was a big hullabaloo being made uh, about a band that came from Chapel Hill, North Carolina, that I was like, oh, I kind of like this music, but then like everyone else in my family really loved it, so I was just like, I'm going to rebel by being like, no, I'm not a big fan of this music. Uh, and then years later, it would be like, I can't deny that I absolutely love it, uh, that Ben Folds 5 album, uh, Whatever and Ever Amen, is an absolute top-notch musical creation. Oh, yes. Absolutely. 100%. And I debated long and hard about which song off this album to pick. Mm. uh, Because there's so many good ones. Um, But I think the one that... The the one I wound up going with is Stephen's Last Night in Town. Yeah. which is a song about a guy who keeps saying, well, it's my last night in town, let's live it up and party, and uh, wanted to get a bunch of attention, but kept continually saying it was his last night in town, but then never actually leaving town. Ben Folds 5's song about a guy from the Midwest. That's right. And so it's, it's just a fun song. There's a really good bop to it. Uh, and I couldn't like looking at the rest of the, there's a lot of, a lot of great stuff on this album. One of the songs off this album was always going to be my pick. Uh, the, the entire rest of the album is an honorable monster, uh, because hot damn. Uh, but this one I think has a lot more opportunity for fun aspects. So that's why I wound up picking it off of the album instead of others. So Steven's last night in town is mine. Jake, what instruments do you play? Um, it's more of a question of what instruments don't I 
play no um i play a lot of instruments but i uh, i do play the piano i play the keyboard i was in a band with dan where i played the keys what about reed instruments uh, you know that is my one uh, kind. Of, I can I can bang out some stuff on the clarinet, but other than oh, good. that, I'm uh, you know I got I got nothing. Um, but yeah, no. Just on that topic of playing the keys, I will never forget. I came to Ben Folds pretty late, uh, but mm. the first time I ever heard Ben Folds playing was this album. And some of my older friends were kind of we were driving around and they had that on, and I was like, no, 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 stop the car! What is this? Like, what is this? And I need. I'm like, you need to tell me this band and then i went and got it on napster and was just like eating it alive and Mm -hmm, uh mm -hmm. dan will be the first to tell you that it has really influenced the way that i uh do music so yes that's awesome hey listen you could uh find far worse things to have influenced the way you do music than uh ben folds five i I gotta say also jake i feel like you did not fully list all of the instruments that you played in the band that we played in. Okay, in the band that we played in, I played the keys, I played the bass, I played the trombone, I played the harmonica, I played uh, the shaker, like I had some little percussion shaker things, and I played the blender. We had a song Got it. Uh, that was we were making fun of avant-garde stuff, and so I played a blender. Mm-hmm. It was great. I think... It's possible diehard Frankenstein Jukebox listeners will have to correct me if I'm wrong. I think that particular song has come up before. <laughs> Probably has. <laughs> uh, last episode, y'all were talking about uh, a mixtape that Dan did for uh, a partner of theirs, a former partner of theirs. And I was like, ah, yes, I remember that mixtape. I recorded the mixtape for It's him. true, he did. <laughs> James. Yes. I'm sure our listeners are wondering, boy, we just talked a lot about the band that Dan picked. Let's move on from that, and let's listen to what James picked. Okay, great. Um, So, I've already mentioned that uh, the Foo Fighters had The Color and the Shape out in 1997. That was their second album. Uh, I heard Monkey Ranch on the radio at that that eighth grade picnic. Really got into it. Um, And so... In sort of the same way that uh, Low Tide by The Wonder Years was uh, my pick for 2022, but I didn't pick it because it was too perfect of a song to pull aspects from, because the aspects would be like, be perfect, and like I don't want to hold us to that high of a standard. I didn't pick uh, Monkey Wrench because I think that's my favorite song on the album. It's really, really good, and I love it very much. But what I did pick is my second favorite uh, song on the album, slash first favorite, my first pick to put on like a mixtape, which is track six. Uh, It's called Up in Arms. Uh, This was a song that I loved very much uh, before I had ever heard a pop-punk cover of a song, specifically like a Me First and the Gimme Gimme sort of, uh, we'll play the song the way you know it, and then we'll speed it up. And this song... Uh, would inform that taste uh, very, very much because it was basically that, only it was on an alternative album and not a big, scary uh, Fat Records album. The story that I've heard is that they wrote two versions of the song, one slow, one fast, and then they did the very, very James production choice of, yeah, both of them. Ship it. (laughs) So uh, that is uh, any story that is like they picked uh, the option of both of them, please, uh, will we'll have my vote. And uh, so, yeah, that's why I picked uh, Up in Arms by the Foo Fighters uh, for my 1997 pick. I love it. Yeah, an excellent pick. 
Thank you so much. Let's go around the horn again. That's a Scott reference. Jake, that's not a Scott reference. Uh, Jake, what are your aspects that you that you decided to pull out of Smash Mouth's Walk In on the Sun? All right. So again, these are the things that I think make this song, like if I was going to distill 1997 into like a bottle, mm-hmm. these aspects of that song, I think, are what get us there. Would you say um, that that would be putting the- time in a bottle like Jim Croce? Stop it! You know his parents listen to Jim Croce. I was sitting here not saying that. My parents absolutely do listen to Jim Croce. Anyway. 70s James, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So uh, the first thing, and I'm going to try to put the air quotes around this so that like uh, the listeners at home can see them, uh, is singing is an aspect of this song, because there is nothing more 90s than doing something that is like approximating rap, but not actually understanding what makes rap good, uh, just what makes it like marketable. So the fact that, you know, um, like every song, kind of you know your blues travelers uh, mm-hmm. even cake kind of did this a little bit although cake did it good sure um was like just sort of having sections of the song where even though you can sing you kind of are just grooving right um it, it portrays like a laziness like an effortless cool kind of a thing that that really appealed to me when i was in fifth grade <laughs> very good yes um, so, like, you know, in the in the song premise, I don't necessarily, like, I would not want to limit anyone to having to sing the whole time, but, right. like, just a section in which there is some kind of half-talking, half-singing kind okay, of thing. Okay, great. Fantastic. The second thing uh, that I had pulled from it is uh, there's a very eclectic instrumentation in this song uh, that I think also gets us to the 97 vibes really well, Mm -hmm. Uh, especially like if you're just listening to the percussion and nothing else, you've got bongos, you've got castanets and you've got a drum set and it's this like bossa nova kind of a groove. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just like, oh, okay, cool. So this is a bossa nova thing. And then we've got like distorted guitar and like rock organs and stuff like that that just we were just sort of cherry picking the best bits of a bazillion different styles of music with no thought about what uh would really go together it was just kind of like yeah i don't know throw it all in there it's the 90s man smash mouth a bunch of cherry picking daddies (laughs) well done thank you um but yeah, no. So I would say like eclectic instrumentation, like especially of percussion, like if you could get some like castanets or some shakers or some bongos in there, maybe talk to your dad. <laughs> I'm sure he'll <laughs> let you borrow some weird percussion instruments. Um, and then the third thing is more of a sort of lyrical thematic uh, aspect of, of it. He's like a pro. Yeah. <laughs> Um, is there's a cynicism to the lyrics that is, like, an absolutely futile cynicism that I think is, like, quintessential to the 90s, where it's like, I don't know what to be for, but I'm against whatever this is. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the dude kind of standing in the corner with a cigarette being like, man, screw all this. And it's like, what would you propose? It's like, nothing. Right. And, like, that's just what the 90s was. It's that very South Park vibe. Sure. Um, so, like, I read an interview... Uh, uh, with, and I don't know the lead singer of Smash Mouth's Steve name. Steve Harwell? 
Yeah. So I read an interview with him and he uh, was saying that like, man, let me tell you what, like back in the 60s, there wasn't all this racism and violence. It was just all about free love. And I'm like, my guy, there was so much racism and violence back in the 1960s. You're just, yeah. So, um, you know, the whole song is presented as though it's an advertisement for, like, taking things back to the way that it used to be when things were good. And it's just, like, this very misguided cynicism that I'm just like, bless you, the 90s. Please get some perspective. Yeah. <laughs> um, so if you want to try a challenge of throwing some cynicism into the themes or uh, or lyrics to the song Promise. Those yeah, we could, we could give that a shot. Yeah, like it'll matter. Is that good? Is that that sarcasm? I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so I I have as your aspects basically quote unquote singing, uh, eclectic instrumentation and feudal cynicism. Just cynicism was what okay, I had okay. written, but if you want to go fully in the vein of making it like hyper cringe cynicism, go for it, I guess. But uh, you know, whatever. That's my favorite Bjork album, hyper cringe <laughs> cynicism. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Daniel, James. In addition to those fantastic aspects, what fantastic aspects are you going to pull out of Stevens' last night in town? Uh, well, one of them, I think, uh, has already been talked about specifically by Jake, and one of them, I think, has been predicted by you. Uh, <laughs> so, let's get into those. Uh, my very first aspect is a slinky clarinet lead line. <laughs> All right, and Jake has already established that he plays clarinet, and so that is... The, the clarinet in this song is so fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, and very slinky, very like smooth, but uh, full of movement uh, in a way. It's hard to define what slinky clarinet is uh, right. without you know playing a, a bit. And I'm not about to sing a clarinet line, but it uh, it's higher pitched and f- it's just great. It's just yeah. great. Um, Agreed. It, it buttery, I would say. Buttery, is the word yes. I would use mm, to buttery it. is such a good word for it. Uh, it's smooth like butter. Uh, mm. It it moves a lot and uh, really pushes the the song, the music aspect of it pushes the instruments forward. I think a lot. I had never connected this song to the swing revival that was happening at the time. Uh, until uh, this moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, shock and surprise, Ben Folds has his fingers on the pulse of what's going on with music. Right. Uh, next up, uh, Jake earlier said that uh, there were, you know, the la la la's and na na na's weren't, mm. you know, kind, kind of eschewing the, oh, those aren't actual lyrics. I have na 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 background vocals as one of my aspects. All right, because uh, there's a great na 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 that is just really great, and I think uh, supplements the vocals, like the lead vocals, really well. Uh, mm-hmm. Of like doing a harmony without singing the actual same vocal line feels like what they're doing is they're having like the person throwing the party for Stephen, being like, "All right, well, this is some bullcrap. This is." another 
party for Steven's last night in town, and everyone at the party is being like, "Yeah, seriously, this is obnoxious." But in a like, it feels like the people of the party are the na 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 people mm. backing up the the lead here, and I I love that feeling to it. Uh, it feels like it's like telling a story, and the na 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 vocals are background characters. Yeah, yeah. Kind of mocking the main character. Yes. Sometimes I think that Steven is the clarinet player. Could be. I hadn't thought about that. He's like, another clarinet solo? And they're like, oh my god, okay. It's my last night in town. Let me play this clarinet. Please. Please. Uh, and then my last aspect to pull back to the towards the beginning of the uh, podcast is a very bouncy bass line. Uh, the bass line in this is super fun uh, and almost uh, like almost manic at points, uh, yeah. but very active, very poppy, very very great. Uh, so that's gonna be that's gonna be my last one. Is the bouncy bass line. Well, I, while I am disappointed that one of your aspects was accidentally capturing an incoming phone call in the middle of recording, um, <laughs> <laughs> I think this is far more intentional, and I can appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be great, but that's that's a bit too specific, I think. <laughs> <laughs> All right, <laughs> Colin, here's what you got to do: uh, just randomly call us sometimes until we tell you to stop he'd do it <laughs> yep well those are some excellent aspects as well i feel like we have a, a definite song taking shape we do indeed sure. would you like to hit us with yours so we can continue that shaping i would love to and i'd really love to really throw several monkey monk wrench dang it yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'd like to do that real quick with my aspects. So the first one, same song, two two different versions. So uh, I want our song to, uh, we don't have to do like slow fast, but I'd like to have like both the original and remix on the same song. Okay. Kind of deal. Uh, so not not unlike um, Manhattan Project by Rush, where like the first time they go through the chorus, it's slow, and the second time they go through the chorus, it's the exact same chorus but sped up. Right. Cool. Not unlike that. Yes. Um, I you said Manhattan Project, and I immediately thought Manhattan Transfer, and then I, I thought, went to the same place. <laughs> I thought, oh no, oh no, I'm not familiar enough with Manhattan Transfer to know what Daniel will be talking about. While you continued happily on to talk about Rush. Also, <laughs> a band that I'm not familiar with. <laughs> but what, based on what you described, correct. Exactly that. Yes. Perfect. Or something like that. Not exactly that, necessarily. Uh, <laughs> I wrote this aspect, and I, it's one of those things where it's like, ah, I'll, 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 I'll shape that up uh, later, and then I didn't. So here it is. <laughs> a guitar solo that isn't a big deal, but it is the star. Uh, so like an underst an understated guitar, yeah, kind of like just makes nothing. an impression. Yeah, just sort of like yeah, here's something, just sort of like thrown off sort of deal. Okay. Oops, I happen to be playing guitar solo sort of deal. Oops, How I imagine I'm it is for playing the guitar. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Like, okay. Yep. And uh, then I decided to uh, uh, pick an aspect from uh, the lyrics and what the song is going to be about, which I'm very excited to add hyper cringe cynicism to. Love through thick and thin. It's going to be fun to be super uh, grossly cynical about that. Um, it'll oh, be yes. Fun. Seems like the kind of thing you could be cynical about if you were so inclined. If you were so inclined, right. So, four hour aspects. For lyrical, I have hyper cringe cynicism and love through thick and thin. Uh, for musical, I have eclectic instrumentation, uh, especially percussion. That's a parenthetical. That's not necessarily, uh, you know, whatever. I figured uh, that Dan would not have any difficulties yeah. with eclectic <laughs> instrumentation because yeah. yeah. the only person who plays more instruments than me is Daniel. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, exactly. Uh, a slinky clarinet line and a bouncy bass line and a guitar solo that isn't a big deal, but it is the star. Or a star. It could be a star. It could be an ensemble cast. And then in terms of other, I have singing with air quotes, uh, na-na-nas, and uh, uh, two different versions, but the same song. Uh, Like in the same song, within the same song. Yeah. Cool. Those real balanced roster there. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot to work with here. (laughs) Uh, I'm excited to have uh, really, really obvious air quotes in the lyrics. Just like <laughs> love, just sort of like dripping with like, yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah. Okay, so uh, Jake, I want to uh, first start off by saying, can I? Uh, can we ask you to uh, contribute some? Uh, uh, can you be on this song too? Can yeah, you? Yeah, I'd love to. Great, 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 great. Cool, cool. It'd been awkward if you've been like, uh, hell no, are we done yet? Um, no, I am, I'm so <laughs> thrilled to have been asked. Cool, 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 cool. Um, cool. I would love, uh, ideally, uh, instrumentation and vocals. If, if you're willing to contribute some, some vocals, either lead or, uh, harmonies. Yeah, sure thing. Awesome. Perfect. Uh, and I love doing both of those. Exactly. So. And I mean I I trust you implicitly on ooh, let me check my watch here. Any instrumentation that you choose to bring into it. Uh keys I know are probably uh a strong suit for you or they are a weak suit for me. Uh mm-hmm. I can fiddle around on keys, but I, I am no Jake when it comes to them. So Hey Dan Never mind. He gets that all the time, I'm sure. Never mind. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Jake is more than you, you would say, on on. Yes, on, yes, on I would definitely say. Actually, no, that is one. I don't get that hardly ever at all. Really? Because I've been thinking yeah, it no. this entire time. So No, as soon as State Farm happened, everyone immediately dropped that one and went straight to Jake from State Farm, and we've never looked back. So... We've got, just looking at the music of this, we've got clarinet, bass, eclectic instrumentation, and uh, guitar solo. Mm-hmm. What, what? Those seem like they'll taste good together. They do, but what genre are we going with on this? What What is the genre musically that we are leaning to? 
Could I suggest like a 70s power pop Elvis Costello sort of vibe? You said Elvis Costello and my heart went (laughs) ba-bump. Yeah, that would go, a bouncy bass would go good for that. Yeah, because that helps me out with my lyrics. It basically, it it slots me into whatever I (laughs) end up writing a work. It truly does. (laughs) I love doing an Elvis Costello bop as, uh, as this one. Perfect, perfect. Cool. That was way easier than I thought this part was going to be. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> we'll just teed that right up. I'm not going to lie. Prepping for this show was like sitting down, making my list, and then just, it's like, during the bit where we plan out the song, fear. <laughs> what I, had written. I think fear were mostly active in the 80s, right? Yep. Yep. Haven't yeah. got that far back yeah. yet. Weird, weird conservative punk bands are weird. Um, this is true. Great. So, okay. So, so. Uh, I mean, Elvis Costello bop, hyper cringe cynicism, love through thick and thin. We can do that. Singing, na na na's, collecting instrumentation, clarinet, bass, guitar solo. What more do we need? I mean, like, you know, I, I, nothing. I mean, I'm, 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 I feel like I'm good. Seriously, are we, are we good? Yeah. Yeah, bit a bit of an anticlimax. Here's Elvis Costello when we peaked. So that is gonna, I think, do it for 1997. I think so. Uh, this, wow, that Jake, this has been wonderful and also lovely. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I can't wait to see what uh, what the song premise is, and I'm so excited to get to contribute. Is there anything that you want to plug? Um, Darts? Is there anything I want to plug? I am kind of in my behind-the-camera things right now, but I am about to start editing a really cool podcast. Okay. Uh, It's going to be a Legend of Zelda fan podcast that will be coming up soon called Hey Listen. Uh, Uh, I can't recommend that highly enough. Highly enough? Ha! There's so many Daniel, jokes I want to make. considered starting a <laughs> Thank you. Fan podcast? I love having Jake on here because he says the jokes that I'm like, is this? Oh, yep. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I would listen to a uh, James and Jake podcast of just the two of you just having a conversation. Uh just about whatever you want to have a conversation about. Normally, those are the kinds of podcasts I would avoid, uh, like a fire, but I would listen to the two of you go, because, yes, please, just feed it directly into my veins. I have thought about okay. starting a Legend of Zelda fan podcast, and I'm going to, and it's going to be called Hey Listen. Wait a minute. I've heard that name before. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe in a dream. We're recording the first episode this Sunday, and I'm very excited for it. Very, very fun. Very cool. Got got both the 1997 crew on the on the ones and twos. Ones being uh, vocals and twos being editing. Um, and uh, an avid listener on the threes, and that's me. So that's going to do it, I think, for uh frankenstein jukebox uh daniel do you want to tell people where they can find you on uh on on places before we go absolutely you can find me basically anywhere that you can find accounts at dantendo64 uh i am on twitter where i will post uh right now i'm posting a lot about the carolina hurricanes because we're in the playoffs 
And uh, when I do remember to tweet, that's mostly what I'm going to be tweeting about. Though I do also do, I'll tweet out puzzles that I make, and I'll tweet about hilarious sentences that I've learned in Hebrew uh, mm-hmm. as I go through Duolingo and learn Hebrew. Today's sentence was, the bears are free and they know where we are. Did I show you uh, the German sentence I had that was basically, uh, Raphael from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is a cop? No. <laughs> what? I think it was uh, my turtle Raphael is a cop, but like sometimes Duolingo's weird when they're like, we're talking about this. We're not officially talking about it, but you know that that's what we mean. And uh, that was one of the weirder ones that I had. <sighs> All right. Uh, Jake, I can cut this if you don't want to. Do you want to plug a Twitter or anything for people to be in, in, with you in spirit through your journey? Uh, I'm, I'm a quitter. Uh, and I have quit Twitter, but, uh, what I will say is if you, uh, tweet things that you want me to hear at Dan, they will tell me. Right, right. Uh, I am usually not far away from That, you. yeah, that, it's the, uh, what I think of as the Aaron rule. My best friend Aaron forgets that she has a Twitter, and so anything that people say to her, I just sort of relate. Perfect. That, that, that is a perfect, uh, it is a perfect and completely unflawed system. Uh, if you would like to uh, tweet me, or weirdly, if you have something you want to say to my friend Aaron, who is completely irrelevant to uh, this podcast in so many ways, you can do that at Unabashed James. Um, you can also follow our show at Frank's Jukebox and the Twitter of our network at ScavengersNet. That's going to do it for this episode of Frankenstein's Jukebox. Jake, once again, thank you for being here. Lovely to be here. Daniel, thank you so much for grooving here. Lovely to groove here. And uh, on behalf of me, who's going to do both being and grooving uh, in sort of a fun little mixture, uh, I'm James, and we'll see you next year. Nope, we'll see you last year. Damn it. The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.